Welcome in to the first ever episode of the Sideline Sports Show. Formerly, this thing used to be called the Ben Tim Sports Podcast, but keyword for back. Oh yeah, formerly, but we're back. We're so excited to be back, Tim. Long time no see. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. How are you, my man? I'm fantastic. You know, just living life, basically like everybody else in the world now. COVID, COVID's pretty much done. Uh, we haven't really seen each other since fingers COVID. Crossed. So, yeah, fingers, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Fingers crossed. Yep. But we're so excited mm-hmm. to be back with you guys. Tim, so excited to be back with you as well. Absolutely, man. And I'm ready to kick things off. You know, ready to get talking uh, sports again. Uh, I, I, I've been in the politics field for too long now. And I say that and it's only been like four months. So I, I'm, I'm already tired of it. I'm ready, I'm ready to come back to the sports <laughs> side. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, same as well. You know, just been working uh, – Doing a couple things, but now glad to be back in sports as well. So let's get to it. I mean, it's been a while since we've talked sports, so let's go ahead and get into it. Ready, NBA man. Finals is going on right now, and obviously, huge ordeal. A lot of sleeper teams, but two teams have finally made it to the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Tell me, Tim, did you really think these two teams were really going to make it this far? Well, it depends. Are you talking about beginning of this year? No. Are you talking five years ago? Absolutely not. Now, if you told me in 2016, 2017, that we'd have the Suns in the NBA Finals after they had one of their worst seasons that they've ever had in franchise history, I'd have told you, you're nuts. This team's not coming back for a long time. But, boy, they proved me wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the cool thing is – the Phoenix Suns, you know, they got eliminated right before the bubble. They went on like a nine-game win streak and then came out of the middle of the nowhere this season and stormed all the way to the NBA Finals by beating a lot of teams that were favored to beat them as well. And then the Bucks, you know, they had questions against the Hawks, especially with Giannis going out with the hyperextended knee, but he came back for game one. So let's talk about game one a little bit. What were your thoughts on game one? Overall, it was largely what I expected. Suns took care of uh, business on home home court. Game one, Chris Paul doing his thing, Devin Booker doing his thing, and the Suns really truly, with the exception of the Bucks making one minor run, largely were in control of this one. And I honestly, I think we're going to get a good series, but I think this probably, I, I, I say, Suns probably take it in six just because of what, what I've seen. And it's time to finally put some respect on Chris Paul's name. You know, oh, yeah. everybody, everybody talk about always oh, been a good player. And we've known he's a good player ever since he was in New Orleans. Everybody, but it, it's it's time to give this man the credit he deserves. This dude was on the Rockets team that almost took down a, a Golden State team. And honestly, in my opinion, would have had Chris Paul been healthy, Yeah, first of all. But it, they would have taken them down, a team that no, no one thought anybody in the right mind could beat. So – it's and I'm so glad and a Thunder team that had no business going to the playoffs in the bubble last year somehow some way gets to the bubble and, t- and takes the Rockets to six games. I mean, all that was done not because of Chris Paul, but but Chris Paul, man, just he has a large aspect. I don't know what it is about his leadership aspect, and obviously he's talented. He's one of the best players, and and without a doubt a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the way he's just played this year shows, hey, you want this guy on your roster, not just because he's talented, but he has shown incredible leadership to wherever he has gone. And you saw that with the Clippers. You saw that with the Pelicans with the short time he was there. 
the Houston Rockets the short time he was there, Oklahoma City the short time he was there as well. And it's played a huge impact, especially on somebody like Cameron Payne, who literally said, hey, without Chris Paul, my career would not be the same without Chris Paul. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, it, it kind of shows testament to how many guys on that Suns team. Now, think about it. We knew the Suns were going to be something very special this year. Now, we, we didn't. Oh, yeah. We thought at best, honestly, in my opinion, the best was Western Conference Finals. If you had a magical season, right? Yeah. And and, and part of that, they I don't want to say they got lucky because they didn't. They're a very talented team. But you, you look at it, the uh, health in the league as of right now, a lot of guys are injured. You know, and I don't really agree with LeBron James on a lot of things. And I say yeah. that I not, not much at all. But when he's talking about the health of, of the league and just so many people have been injured this year, he's got a point. That, that there's I, I, Now, the correlation to how short the turnaround was from the bubble to the regular season of, of this year, I, I don't know how much it, it uh, affected people's health down the run. But, I mean, you can't ignore it. I mean, Giannis was hurt. Trey Young's been hurt. LeBron James was banged up. AD was banged up. I mean, the Lakers were just banged up all basically the entire year, which is why they came in as a seven seed. Yeah, and it was crazy because, you know, I agree with LeBron, but at the same time I don't. I would say that because people like Trey Young, they weren't even in the bubble last year. You know, teams like that weren't even in the bubble. So for them to kind of have that turnaround season, it may not even be the fact of the bubble. Sure, the Lakers can say that because, you know, they played all the way until the end and won the NBA championship last year. So Mm -hmm. for them to come back and say that, Maybe that could be the case where, you know, hey, we had a short turnaround season. We really didn't really truly have an off season to where we could really focus on our mental health, our physical health, and stuff like that. To where now they're coming out here and playing full force all over again within, I think it was like a 60-something day time span. And so a lot of these guys couldn't really get fully healthy again, especially if they were coming off injuries like AD was in the finals of last year. So, you know, for guys like that to get injured again obviously frustrates people like LeBron James. And it makes total sense. It does. But for some teams, the bubble really just didn't impact them. It was just injuries all year long, like the Hawks, you know, Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, and other guys that were injured all throughout the year. And some of them came back, but some of them were really truly out the whole year, like Cam Reddish, Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich. He was out majority of the year. You know, a lot of these guys were out majority of the year, but it wasn't because of the bubble. Right, and I, I hear what you're saying, and it makes sense. There are the guys that are added into the this health situation that we have in the NBA. But at the same time, if you look at it, majority of those guys were in the bubble last year. You know, now you, yeah. obviously, obviously, your guys like Trey Young, who they they just missed out on the bubble last year and had have had plenty of time to heal and have still been hurt. But if you take a look at the majority of the players, especially if you look at star power, and just – I mean, there's so many guys that have just been out and, and have been out because of injuries that were yeah. in the bubble last year. Yeah. So let's mainly focus on this. Let's go ahead and talk about the NBA Finals. Obviously, game yes. one happened the other night. Suns took game one. Um, are you surprised or are you shocked or is it what you expected? No, man. I mean, Suns and four, right? You know that, you know. Oh, yeah. Suns and four. You got that bet on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, but no, and realistically, I, the Suns did exactly what we, we thought they were going to do. Game one, you know, Giannis, we knew he we knew he was playing, but, you know, come on. You knew for a fact he was not going to be 100% out there. And yeah. so he needed guys like Middleton and Connaughton, 
uh, from Notre Dame to kind of step up. And it just, it wasn't enough. And CP3 and Devin Booker just kind of went to work. Yeah. I, I realized something when they were playing the Hawks. Uh, we're talking about the Bucks. When they were facing the Hawks, I think one of the things I realized, and I, I don't know if it's just me, but is the Bucks a better team without Giannis or are they a better team with Giannis? Because let's look at this fact here because, you know, mm. they put up a lot of points without Giannis, but then when Giannis comes back on the floor, these guys that were averaging, you know, maybe 20 points a game when Giannis wasn't on the floor, now they're only averaging around under 10 points or around 10 points. Ben, are you seriously bringing up the – man. I, I'm just saying. This is, this is saying. like no, – no, this is like the people saying Odell Beckham – the Browns are better without Odell Beckham Jr. And it's like, okay, yeah, their numbers were better. But, yes, but it's, it's fine. Like, you don't want Odell Beckham Jr. not in your lineup. It's the same thing with the Bucks. Of course yeah. you want Giannis in your lineup. And, of course uh, – and to say that they that they're – much they're, they're better without him. Uh, I I'm not buying that. I will not buy that. I, okay. I'm sorry. I can't. You know the, the Greek freak is the Greek freak, man. You know yeah. the, they call him for, for a reason. He's in there for his presence. For his presence. He's not in there to shoot free throws. However, I'm just gonna say. That's, I mean that is true. needs to homie needs to work on his free throw shooting timing. And, and like man, I'd rather you shoot fifty percent. And if, if that's if I'm a, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'd rather you shoot fifty percent than sixty percent and then take up twenty seconds just to shoot the free throw. I mean, yeah, come on, true. tick, 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 tick. Come on. Let's, what, what, yeah. I, I got places to be, man. Come on. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch, watching you shoot a free throw. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Also but, uh, the rest of it, the, the rest of his game, man, I absolutely love. I'm a, do you think that the fans chanting a timer for him to shoot a free throw affects his free throws? Affects it? Yeah. Uh, I would hope I, so. I, I hope it speeds things up in his head. Like, you know what? All right. You're, I mean, Shoot! If I'm the Suns players, I'm like, no, don't do it. If you're going to do that, be wrong because that way he yeah. thinks he's like, hey, I have two more seconds to shoot this free throw because I think it's a you have ten seconds to shoot the free throw. Don't supposedly supposedly you have ten seconds, but he's gone okay. over according to the fans that are chanting numbers. He's gone over the ten second limit multiple times, but according <laughs> to the refs, it's not ten seconds. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I, I think so, they need to start policing that a little bit more. I don't know if I agree. Uh, it's 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 agonizing, and, I, and I, honestly, I feel like the rest of us associate you know, with James Harden when he like flailed his arms up in the air. I'm like, come on, man, just shoot the ball already. Just yeah. shoot the ball. We That's don't even all, care. We don't even care if you if, if you shoot like Shaquille O'Neal. Just shoot the ball. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I saw a video today. A buddy of mine sent me. Shout out to AG, but he sent me. Or actually, it was Jacob Bottas. Uh, he sent me this video today where Harden literally like purposely did not land on his feet to make it look like he got fouled. So whenever he's shooting his jump shot, he kind of just pushes himself back, acts like he gets fouled. So maybe that's what they're also going to start policing next year is like, hey, don't try to draw, draw all these offensive fouls all the same, all the dang time because literally oh. it happens all the dang time. Oh, the, the, the classic Trey Young rule of you're, your Atlanta yeah. Hawks. There. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about time they start doing that because you know, no one wants to, sh- to see a free throw shooting contest. And that's oh, yeah. the biggest thing that drives me nuts with basketball in general. And I'm talking about more so with the NCAA tournament. It's like, man, I, I want to watch March Madness. I don't want to see someone just drive to the lane every time and get, get, be guaranteed a free throw or, or there's going to be something. Yeah. Come on, let them play. I, I, or, and I'm just, I don't, I, as much as free throw shooting is important and it's a great aspect of the game, I don't want to sh- see a f- free throw shooting contest. I don't. 
I agree. I, I definitely, especially in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line, you don't want to go see teams win it because of a free throw. You just don't. You mm-hmm. want to see that buzzer beating shot or you want to see that three-pointer for the win. Like, Absolutely. you want to see something like that. But unfortunately, what it has been becoming is more of these free throw shots that you go up to the free throw line. For instance, go back to the Clippers in this year's playoff game. Because of Paul George missing free throws at the very, very end of the game, they mm-hmm. choked. So, I, not to quote undisputed, but uh, what was it? He's called something P. Uh, pandemic P. P. No, Pandemic oh, oh, P. Oh, Pandemic P. Yeah. Oh. So, that's Pandemic P. So, just saying. I, 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 I heard a different P, and I'm not talking about playoff P. I've heard a different <laughs> – be referred to him, but I don't know if I can say it on the air. Just, just probably not. Just probably not. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, who do you got going towards the end of this final? I I know it won't wrap up by the next mm-hmm. time we do this show, but we'll have a little bit more of a take on it. Who do you right. think has more of an advantage going forward? Do you think the Suns have oh, that advantage yeah. or the Bucks? Oh, definitely the Suns. Definitely Phoenix. Yeah. They're, they're they're just too deep. It's CP three, Devin Booker. Uh, I mean, Jay Crowder, he, he only had one point the other night, but still, I mean, he, he was, he, he was in the NBA finals last year with, I believe with the heat, was it the heat? Yeah. The heat. Right? Yeah. Thank you. With the heat, heat, now he's back in the NBA finals. Hopefully he's going to win it this time with the Suns. And while they have Giannis, the, the Bucks are going to have to have more from Middleton. They're, they're going to, and, and, and when they got that in the series against the, um, KD and the Brooklyn Nets, that, they, they went off. They took off, and they absolutely outplayed the Nets 100%. So it, it's definitely going to take big games for him, and I'm talking probably 30-plus for them just to win. And and that, that's going to take Giannis's normal superhuman abilities, and that switch is probably going to be about somewhere between 25 points and about 18 to 19 rebounds. Yeah, I think uh, the Suns have a definite advantage over the Bucks because of that sole fact they have that leadership in C3P, uh, C3PO. I'm just kidding. Uh, CP3. I thought it was, uh, was the finals, not Star Wars. Yeah, man. yeah, I know. Hey, Galaxy far, far away. That's the Suns. All right. Um, but CP3, obviously playing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Then you got Jay Crowder, who I don't know how. If you want to make the playoffs, just go be on team with Jay Crowder. Like, yeah, seriously. It, it doesn't matter. Seriously, if you want to just make it into the playoffs, like if you've never made it into the playoffs before, just go go. Get on the same team as Jay Crowder. And there's no it's rhyme like, or reason to it. I mean, the man literally had one, like one point the other night. But I exactly, mean, it, it's just something about him. You know, it's just, it's just that presence. And, and know, t- tell us what you guys feel. Feel free to leave stuff in the comments at any time. Oh, absolutely. And then maybe we'll even refer it, show it up on the screen as well. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be talking a little bit about somebody called the Lightning, and then also we will be talking a little bit about some soccer. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Sideline Sports Show here with Ben and Tim, formerly the Ben Tim Sports Podcast. That's, that's going to take that. some getting used to. Yeah, yeah, it's going to take some getting used to as Tim is uh, going to a Southern Tradition Zaxby's drink over here that he's got Absolutely. sipping on. Oh, yeah, that's where it's at. Zaxby's is not a sponsor. But Zaxby's, if you want to sponsor us, please let us know. Hey, man, uh, hey, 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 yeah, I, I'd be more than happy to take my uh, chicken tender sandwiches. I would absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Welcome back into the Sideline Sports Show. Tim, uh, let's go ahead and talk about something that was historic last night. Back-to-back Stanley Cup championships 
for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about it. So yeah, so it was funny because the the Tampa Bay Lightning actually took a three to nothing lead in in this series, and and they're in Montreal in Canada, which I don't think Canada is allowing fans at all, which is kind of crazy. Just just because about a month and a half ago, as you, you know, I went to a Braves game against the Pirates in Atlanta, and they were at full capacity, over forty thousand fans, and we were about as tight as we could be in there. So it, it's kind of it was it, it's it was very interesting the contrast of the two countries just up there so and and the tampa bay mayor i, f- I found i was listening to this actually c- genuinely asked the tampa bay lightning to i don't i wouldn't say throw the game but she was kind of wanting them to lose game four I, I i kid you not she she was talking about this uh i don't know who with i just heard an audio clip of it she was talking about yeah Let's hope they throw they lose this one. Let Montreal have one, so then we can come back to Tampa and 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 we can win and celebrate here. And what happened? They lost Game Four, I believe in overtime. They believe in overtime, so they made it look good. They made it look good, and then they came back home to Tampa and won it last night. Yeah, and it was historic because it's back to back. Yeah, and, and yeah, and you, it's not you been love done that. In a very long time. Yeah, and you love that just because they couldn't really celebrate with their families last year because of the bubble. Yeah. COVID. And it was historic as well, like I said, back-to-back. So congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning as they win their back-to-back Stanley Cup championship. What was probably like, other than, you know, them obviously uh, having that home ice advantage, because you can't say court, it's not court. Um, that home ice advantage, what was, other than that, what stood out to you the most uh, because for me, I think it was that advantage having fans there, and I think it helped them build that three nothing lead over Montreal. And that's just me. But what was your takes on it? What impressed you the most? Oh, absolutely. But what to your point to have home field uh, advantage is huge it's in, in any sport, really, truly that you're playing. It's, as a Hurricanes fan, that that place can get cr- loud and crazy. It was loud all year long, and they definitely you can't you can't tell me that the Hurricanes didn't play better because they were at home. And that was the same thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And overall, I mean, you look at Tampa Bay; they're a dominant team. I mean, they, they were a great team. They only had one little uh, bit of trouble in the playoffs with the Islanders, and that one went to seven games. But you kind of really knew that the Lightning were the better team, so. Uh, yeah, it's just it just stood out to me that what you said home home uh, ice. ice. Yeah, I almost yeah. slipped up like you did too. I, I was I know I was still thinking NBA in my head for a yeah, second. Yeah, exactly. I'm like yeah. home court, home field, home ice, home, home I, rink. I guess home rink. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, and having fans really this year, like you mentioned, when you went to the Braves game, it right. has really paid off for a lot of teams. And, you know, for I think any sport, I'm not just talking about hockey, I'm talking about any sport in general, to have those fans, even like people like Ronald Acuna Jr. said, man, it's a huge advantage to us, and it hypes us up even more when you know that the fans are behind you 100%. And to not have that factor, especially for people like Montreal, who's in the finals, and you want to get that Stanley Cup championship home to Montreal, it's really hard to know that you have people behind you, especially when you can't hear them. So mm-hmm. I think that played a huge factor for Montreal. Yeah. And did you hear about the Tampa Bay celebrations afterwards too? If it's I, anything like the Buccaneers celebration, I would not be shocked. 
Well, honestly, it, take that and probably go about fivefold. I mean, it that they literally found the one guy that probably I forget his name. I'm not, not very good with names, but it, it found his name and they did like it's like oh he's the most unfit for air. Put him on, you know. It's this guy that was completely <laughs> drunk. He was gone, and it just I, I heard an audio clip of it, and I it was just like they they put this guy on the air. Okay, all right, fine, all right. <laughs> I guess that's who they're going with. But yeah, it was an absolute. It, fantastic thing to watch you know and oh yeah and i i wouldn't put it past him to be able to three-peat next year i really wouldn't oh okay so you're calling it now you're calling it now no I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they will i'm not saying oh, they okay, will. okay i'm okay, saying okay. i say i will not be shocked at all okay gotcha i was about to say i'm like okay he's calling it right here ladies and gentlemen listen live hey, hey, he's hey, calling as it. you know ben i am not afraid to go to be out there i am hey. not afraid to go out there but i'm not doing that yet. Uh, yeah i was about to say he's not afraid because he literally picked tennessee to beat georgia last year let's, now, let's you go are back gonna, you are gonna hold that, that over me that until i die you are gonna hold that over me that until is true I no, hey, not they me. were win- they were winning at halftime. They were winning at halftime. Not me. My dad specifically will hold that grudge against you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go over from the ice to the soccer field over all the way in Europe. Let's talk about the Euro twenty twenty one. Yep, the rink. To- well, no, not first pitch like baseball. We're talking the pitch, as in the grass soccer mm-hmm. field over in Europe as the Euro twenty twenty one has been going on. It has really been truly exciting to watch. If you haven't gotten to watch any of these games, it has had more overtimes, extra times, PKs than I've ever seen in any of these Euro 20 at all. Yeah, it's definitely – and some major surprises like Switzerland taking down France. I mean, yeah, what? And then Mbappe being the one that that misses the PK to knock France out. I mean, who would have thought that would happen? Uh, Denmark making a run all the way to semifinals yesterday – I mean, and to be wrongfully denied because of that, that horrendous PK call. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, uh, they made a run, man. And there's just there has been a, a lot of good stories and a lot of good football too. Just, you know, Spain and Italy was fantastic the other day. I mean, oh yeah, unbelievable football all around. Yeah, the semi. Let's just talk about the semifinals since we've already mentioned it a little bit. Italy and Spain went to PKs. Yep. On Tuesday afternoon. Italy winning that one 4-2 in PKs. I, I would honestly say that was not my favorite going into that match. I had Spain going into that match. But Italy making the surprise, and really everybody in this tournament has made me just shocked, especially people like Denmark. We'll get to them in a minute. But Italy just came out and just really just overplayed Spain. Stopped them on defense, stopped them really from – making too many offensive attacks down the field, and especially in the corners, and just really playing really good defense. And eventually it paid off in PKs. What was your takes on that game? What really shocked you the most from Italy? Just how resilient Italy is and just how how strong they are. And you know, everyone knew that how good they were, but they, I don't think we understood just how, how quite good they were. I mean – and just just try playing with them on FIFA sometime. I'm telling you, the, the, oh, yeah. these, the, it, this, these guys are just overall are amazing, and th- they flat out play. They play hard. They play tough, and and they're really strong in the back for sure. Oh yeah, and that's what really paid off in the end as they won four two on Tuesday in PKs, which honestly shocked me. Like I said, and now they will advance to the finals to play England. Now, me and Tim talked about this a little bit before the show. But, man, what a game 
that was yesterday. Could Incredible. it finally be coming home? Could it be finally coming home? Could That's it? That's true. I, We've been hearing that for years. It, it, it might actually be coming home this time. They're, they're 90 minutes away and then possibly extra time. Yeah, and I, I would say – Oh well, no, let's talk about this game and then we'll do predictions. Um, okay. I, I really truly believe once they scored in extra time, I was like, that may be the turning point. You know how there's always a turning point for every team where you got to – you have to have that big win or you have to have uh, that extra push that you get from, a, like, another player or whatever. I think that was right there, the turning point for England to maybe say, I think this is our chance. I think this may be the chance that we have to bring this thing home. So, I don't I mean, know. Yeah, it's, it's about time, though. I mean, when you have players like Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, Calvin Phillips, the Leeds boy, that, you know, yeah. Not- my leads, man. It, he's Please. been coming on strong. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me sing the marching on together. Song. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, the, the, all these all these players that have been coming on strong for them, Harry, and then those players, like I mentioned, Sterling and Kane have been staples. It, it is about time, though, that these guys have been kind of putting it together. And and, and I'm I'm happy to see him. I, it's going to be tough on, going against Italy, but I, I'm looking forward to that match. I think that is, that is something – I think we're going to see another PK shootout. Yeah, absolutely. And I – I would see that. I could see that. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the final. Italy, England, do you see this, like you said, do you see this going into extra time, PKs? And also, who do you think is favored going in and who do you think will win as well? Oh, where's this game, game being played? I, I, have not, I didn't get a chance to look at where this game's being played. I don't know. Because that, that is a huge thing. If this is game is being played at Wembley, what, like the semifinal was, which, which, by the way, it was absolutely wrong the way that happened just because Denmark fans, from what I heard, were kept out of that game. But it, I, Wembley I don't know. Stadium. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, He's like, I'm going to change my pick. <laughs> honestly, I, I know, you know I'm still going with Italy. I really okay. am. I, I, and golly, I, I hope the English government <laughs> can, can, to stops to do an English word, this rubbish policy, and let Italy fans in. I mean, for goodness sakes, if that's what I, if that, what I need to heard is true. That is absolutely rubbish. But anyway, yeah. on to the game itself. It, it, Italy, I think, is just too strong. I, it, it, England's played an absolute fantastic tournament to this point. But uh, I don't know. I, I think Italy's going to play a close one. And I think Italy wins in a p- penalty shootout. And it, yeah, I, if Italy scores first in this one, this may not even go to extra time, to be honest with you. So I, I, it, I'd be, it'd be more likely for Italy to run away with this one and then England to win straight out in extra time, in my opinion, just because Italy's been that strong so far in this tournament. And I think they're going to continue to be strong, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I can see your point. I think is what really is hard is both of these teams have been in a lot of situations just in this tournament where you've had to go into extra time or you've had to go into PKs. So really you can't look at that and say, oh, this team's stronger because they've had this many PKs or they've had this many extra time you know, goals or whatever. You can't base it off that because both of them have had that experience in that extra time or in those PKs. So it's really hard to just pinpoint one team to win. I would like the upset. I always like picking the upset. I'm going to go England, and I'll say they want to bring it home. I think they hit that turning point against uh, God's Denmark. Sorry, lost train thought. I think they got that turning point against Denmark, and they say, you know what, I think we – we have a chance now. I think we have a chance to bring this thing home. And they have well, the players to do it. Italy is a tough defense to go through, though. 
And I'll admit that. That will be my main question mark. Will it go into extra time? I believe so. Will it go into PKs? I believe so as well. Well, see, you made it sound like England, you know, doesn't believe they had a chance all along, man. I mean, like, you know, like, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, of course, they've had a chance, you know, and, and they, they knew they have a chance. And I believe that they finally feel like they have the team to bring it home. And, and, and when you say it's it's coming home, I feel like you should put a finally in there. It's finally coming home. You know, yeah. just after so many years of just Engl- English football being mediocre at best. Oh, yeah. And I think if they win it, let's let's. Uh, if they win it in regular time, I think it's a low score. I think it's two one, maybe. If oh no, go, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, Italy's not going to concede more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see any more than that. Like, I don't see like a three. I don't even see a four. Uh, there's just no way. I don't see any of those defenses allowing more than maybe two goals max. Oh, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. I just disagree with you on the winner. Oh, well, it's okay. That's how it normally happens. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking about the MLB and a couple other things that are going on in the MLB. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Sideline Sports Show, Episode 1. Uh, we are restarting the Ben 10 Sports Podcast. The new episode brand- 1 of Part 2. Yes, a part two. Yeah. Uh, as you know, formerly known, the Ben Tim Sports Podcast has now changed to the Sideline Sports Show. Yeah, yeah. we wanted to get our name out of it. You know, we wanted to, oh, let's put something sports-related in it, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and we, we, man, it took us a long time to come up with this name, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it took us a good back and forth. At least 100 different names were probably thrown out. Uh, it was like, how about this name? Oh, that someone's already got that one. How about this yep. one? Nah, no, I'm not feeling that one. This name, nope, that's taken. It was, yep, it was, it, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. So glad we finally get this thing back up and rolling after like what six months? Maybe it, it's been a while. Is it that long? Was it really been that long? It was the oh, end man. of last year, I think. When was when the last time we did an episode? I thought, we did. I, I thought we did one in 2021. I could be wrong, and you could be right. Maybe, you know? maybe you're that right. Wouldn't maybe you're right. That wouldn't be the that's first time. That wouldn't be the first time I was wrong true. and you were right. So. Hey, it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong and you were right, too. So either way, just saying. So, But welcome into the live stream version of this now that we've got. It's beautiful. It looks fantastic. Thank you, Restream. For- it does look great. Now, I can't say that about us, but, you know. Oh, yeah, that's true. We can't say that about us, but we can say that about the stream. It makes us look decent oh, yeah. now instead of – I mean, it, it, especially good. your background you got there, you know. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it's background. black. <laughs> Man. Literally, so I'm in a box. Let me, let me, I hate to really share the story. I'm in a box that me and Maddie made at Peach State Studios of Media here in Hartwell, Georgia. That's actually a sponsor. I can actually say that. Um, and it is, it's in this box. It used to be a sauna, okay? And what they did is we literally came in here. We got soundproof panels. That's what these black things is behind me. And we literally just transformed and put all these soundproof panels all over this wall to basically make it a box for a studio recording session. So that is what I'm in. I'm in a sauna right now. I'm not sweating. Let me get that right. And I'm not trying to be in a sauna and like sweat, and, and you know. For us, for us South Carolina people, he's talking about a sauna. Sauna, yeah. Same thing. 
<laughs> yeah, my wife corrects me every time. She's from South Carolina. She's like, that's not it. Yeah, and Galilee, it's hard. To, I, I, every time you say wife, I, I keep forget. I keep forgetting that. Yes. And I was yeah. at your wedding, and I keep forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also the cool thing about this live stream, if you're just now tuning in, make sure you leave a comment. We can actually even throw it up on the live stream and even talk about it. If you have any comments that you want us, anything that you want us to talk about, or even if you're talking about the topic that we're yeah. talking about. Be respectful ahead, or don't be respectful. You know, yeah. either way, just come right out with it, you know? If you want to just put Tim is wrong, just type Tim is wrong. Well, I'll promise you it will go wait, up on the stream. Wait, wait. <laughs> ben, ben, was that one of your burner accounts? Oh, never mind. Uh, no, it wasn't. So, anyways, back to sports because that's what we talk about on this podcast and show. Because it is in the a name. podcast and the show. Yeah, it's a show and a podcast. You'll find that out later. But, anyway – Let's get back to sports because we're getting way off topic here. So let's go ahead and talk about a couple of things that are going on in the MLB. You're going to have to say this dude's name, but this dude is mm-hmm. going off. I, I, I've i tried saying his name before the show. I butchered it. So it's kind of like it's kind of like trying to get down Dewey, DJ Uyunga late Clemson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Shohei Otani. Man, it, dude's just raking right now. Now I oh, wish yeah. he'd I wish he'd have done this last year when I had him on my fantasy team, but you know, <laughs> Same. I'm, I'm, I'm Same. gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. This dude's absolutely just raking right now. Thirty two home runs, and, and did you know that he he became the single season home run record for someone born of Japanese descent? No, I did not know that. Yeah, the record, I, I, did, I didn't realize it was only 31. But, yeah, it was only 31 home runs. I say that like it's only 31 home runs. But, you know. It, it's only showed, 31 home runs. I mean, like, dude, come on. That's weak sauce. But, 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 <laughs> but yeah, he hit his 32nd the other day against the, the Red Sox. I mean, the dude's just been ranking. Now, for the most part, with the exception of his one start in, in the Bronx at New York – Yankee Stadium. He's been he's been pitching well too. I mean, this dude has been great. It's just been all over the place, you know. And, and I saw something. The dude can pitch, then hit, and then once he's done pitching, goes into right field. I mean, and just wait until Mike Trout gets back, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and, and what's really crazy is it feels like oh you hear oh Mike Trout did this amazing play. Shohei Otani did this for the first time in MLB history, and they lose to the White Sox like five three. You know, it, it, and that's it's crazy. Yeah. You're like, if you have these two talented players, you have one that's a pitcher slash hitter, and you have Mike Trout, and you're like, why are you losing? Why? Like, this makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and don't forget about Jared Walsh, too. Jared Walsh is a very good first baseman for the Angels as well. So, we can't forget about him. I mean, he's Anthony not Rendon. Obviously. Yeah, Anthony Rendon. Now, but- I mean, yeah, true. But you hear of all these guys that they have, and you're like, how are they losing so many games? That's a question I don't want to answer because I don't even know. Because hmm. if you I mean were the, to the even great guess, men that know, no one knows. Yeah, yeah, no one knows. And it makes no sense at all why the Angels should be losing this many games at all, at all. But it, Otani, I think that's how you say his last name, uh, put up fantastic numbers. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, fantastic numbers that he's putting up. I mean, he's putting up the same numbers as Babery back in the day as a pitcher and a hitter. So, for somebody to be compared to Babe Ruth is huge. So, we got to give him kudos. Kudos. Good well, yeah, 
I would give him kudos, but the, I, I think we need to slow down on the Babe Ruth comparisons just a little yes. bit. Now, granted, I know Babe Ruth pitched and he hit very well, but until Shohei Otani even gets anywhere close to the amount of home runs Babe Ruth hit, or he get, even hits what? How, how many did Babe Ruth have in a season? Didn't he have like 60 one time? I mean, if he, until he gets even, even close to that, I'd I, I, I slow down with the Babe He's Ruth. on track. He is on track. And what, what are we? Are we halfway so, yet? Are we halfway yet? The All Star break will be halfway. Okay. So right. fair enough. So thirty-two. If you if he does the same thing that he did in the first half of the season for the second half, he will literally have uh, as of right now. Let's just say the All Star break was now. He would have sixty-four home runs by the end of the year. That's a big number. That is a big number. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure your math tracks there because I think that what I feel like we're 80 something games in. I feel like I, I could maybe I'm not sure, but it, but yeah. Anyway, he he's like you said he's he's probably he's on that track to 60 home runs if he can get to there and uh, top what Jim Carl Stanton did in his final season with the Marlins and when he hit 59, I, then you know maybe and then but he's got to have that ERA below. I haven't checked his ERA, but if his ERA is below what three three. And then yeah. you, then you hit sixty home runs. Then I can see that comparison. But yeah, it, I but, it, but I got to see that for one hundred sixty two games. Yeah. So let's talk about another player in the MLB, not far from where Otani is playing. He's playing over in Los Angeles, but the other part of Los Angeles, the Dodgers, Trevor mm-hmm. Bauer, and yeah. the situation that's he in. Yeah, uh, definitely a. Unfortunate situation there. He's been accused of sexual assault by, by a woman, and yeah, it's he was paid, put placed on uh, the paid administrative leave. I believe it was that list. Well, that recently ended, so, so and they extended it another four, another seven days. So, at, but after the end of this seven days, if, if it, they haven't come to a conclusion yet, which is very unlikely that they will, he looks like he's going to be placed on the indefinite. Suspension. And if he's guilty of all, if he's guilty of this, definitely belongs in the clowns of, of the week for sure. Yes, and we will be getting back to the clowns of the week next week as we will maybe throw Trevor Bauer in there. Hopefully, hopefully. That's right. uh, that, was, that was my favorite segment, man. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's always my favorite segment too. So we will still continue that from the Big Ben Tim Sports Podcast. We will bring that over to the Sideline Sports Show as well. But for this. For the Dodgers, it's huge because Trevor Bauer, they brought in to be their at least second pitcher because Clayton Kershaw, obviously, is their first. But now to have your next best starter go down for something like this, it's difficult because now it affects your whole entire lineup. You just got Tony Gosselin back, which hasn't really performed that great. He's not like the 2020 playoffs Tony Gosselin. And then you ha- still have David Price, who hasn't really found any rhythm at all since he came back from last year. He didn't even play. So now you're like, okay, what do we do? We don't have our second-best pitcher now. So you have Walker Bueller still, but you still need a full amount of guys to really say, okay, this guy's going to dominate that night. This guy's going to dominate that night. To at least have a sure notice to say, you know what, we're fine. But they don't have that. And that's the first time that they haven't had that in a very long time. So now, is there maybe a sense of worry for these Dodgers? I would say no. 
but moving forward, maybe, depending on how long this thing gets stretched out. I, I think, honestly, there was a sense of worry before this happened just because yeah. of how well the Padres are playing, man. Fernando Tatis yeah. and Machado, those guys, man, are absolutely dealing out there right now. And and then and then who would have thought the Giants, of all people, last I checked, were leading the West. I don't know if that's the case anymore. But it, the, the, these guys, have, the Giants have been playing well. So, I mean – and then to have this on top of it, it's just a cherry on top for, for them. It's 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 not a good it's not it's not a good timing whatsoever. And just ask the Braves how difficult it is to lose someone that's very important to your lineup. When when the Braves lost Azuna to something, I wouldn't say like this, but it, it like more of the domestic violence variety. And it, it's it's crushing and it's un, it's unfortunate. But you know if, if again if these guys are guilty as charged, you know. Bimbleby's got to take it swift action because you don't want to be like the NFL because the NFL had a very lackluster response to these guys, to guys with uh, crimes, I guess you say, or allegations of this variety. And they, they didn't go hard enough in some, on some guys. And they, they took a lot of heat for it. So if you're MLB and if you're Rob Manfred, it's about time you finally do something right. It, my gosh. And, and actually take a stance, a hard line stance on guys like this. But after a thorough only and only after a thorough a thorough investigation is completed. Yeah, and it will take a very long time because as you've seen with Ozuna, which is very unfortunate for the Braves, but with Ozuna, they still haven't came down to say, okay, was Marcel Ozuna truly accused for doing this? Is he actually the one who did this? Or was it his wife? Because obviously there's been a whole different thing where he's like, when the true story comes out, you'll know it. Da, da, da. But for now, you know, we got to look at this and say, how long will this drag out? Will it drag all the way out to the playoffs? Will it drag two, three weeks? We don't know because obviously different instances take longer, some take shorter, and we'll just have to wait and see until they actually give a verdict on this and say, did he do it? Yes or no. And if he did it, then he's going to be out way longer than these two weeks that he's been given. And it will be maybe the rest of the season and maybe even part of next season as well. And maybe even the rest of his career, to be honest with you. He's yeah, that's true, depending on how it goes. The way cancel culture works today, man, you know? Yeah, that's true. You never that's know. True. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Braves. Let's go ahead and talk about them. They are on a struggle bus this year. Really, the whole entire NL East is mm-hmm. – I mean, to be honest, to say the Braves are not that good this year – and they're still four games back from the first place. That's a miracle. I'm just saying that's a miracle yeah. in itself. So I would say one of the things that I believe that's wrong with the Braves right now is that are pitching core. And I'm not saying Max. Well, yeah, their whole thing. Max Freed, not to say Max Freed as he used to be. He's Very been injured a lot this year. Yeah, he hasn't been consistent as he was last year. You know, you have guys like. Charlie Morton, who you brought on, and you he was supposed to be like the next best guy on the pitching staff. And then Drew Smiley really hasn't been anything but of two starts this year. And then you have to bring up another guy every single week, whether it be Bryce Wilson, Kyler Mueller, um, Tucker Davidson even got a start at one point. You know, you have like six Kyle or seven Wright. guys. Kyle yeah. Wright, yeah. What an utter disappointment he's been. Oh. Yeah, man. And it's just been guy after guy after guy after guy where they cannot find that fourth or fifth guy to be in their lineup. 
And I think that's what's really affected these guys, really and ultimately, where I know, sure, Soroka's down, and he had an unfortunate ending to this season where he re-ruptured that Achilles, which rarely ever happens. And now that this mm-hmm. happened, you're not going to have him come back for the rest of the year. So now you've got to figure out who's yeah, going to be that fourth or fifth guy. Yeah, you're not going to have him till like June or July of next year. I mean, yeah. for crying out loud. I mean, it's – it's super unfortunate, and like you said, it can pitching, pitching, pitching. Because how many times this year? I mean, it feels like they can't put it together. It's like when, yeah. when they lose, it's either they lose ten eight, like like the hitting was great, but the pitching sucked. But then and then they have another night where they lose two to one. And yeah. The, like okay, what is going on? Like, can you guys not put it together? Like, yeah, they beat the Pirates fourteen to three, but that was just to avoid the sweep of the Pirates. Yeah. Team in which I went to that game in which the Braves won twenty to one. I mean, that was not the same Braves team that went into Pittsburgh. And it's just like it's like we see the potential. We know the potential. We know what these guys are capable of. It's like why can't you guys put it together? And it it seems like it's a curse when when they try to get around five hundred because they haven't been at five hundred since they started the season. Yeah, they haven't been at above five hundred at all at one. Not at all. Not Not at all. all. Not at all. And And it's been. a struggle for them all year long, especially after they lost Ozuna, because now they're trying to even figure out this outfield. You mm-hmm. put Ender Enciarte out there. That's problem number two, is that this outfield is so scrambled up. You have Ronald Acuna Jr. in there at all times, at all times. But when Ronald's gone down, you have people like Ender Enciarte out there playing. You have Heredia playing out there. You have uh, Adrianza out there sometimes playing then you bring mm-hmm. people up, uh, Almonte, they brought him up. But yet, they haven't really truly placed Drew Waters or Christian Pache back up there. Do you mm-hmm. think that may be because they're not ready for the MLB level yet and they're just not ready to bring those guys up? That could definitely be the case for Christian Pache just because we kind of got a glimpse of him earlier this year. And I don't know. It wasn't all that impressive. You know, I guess he play, he, he plays a really good center field, but his bad, I just don't think that is MLB ready yet. Now, Drew yeah. Waters, I, I know he's a very talented guy. He's going to be playing for, you know, rep- representing the Braves, uh, one of two guys actually, in, in, that's going to be representing the Braves in the Futures game here in the uh, within the upcoming days. But I, I guess they, they just feel he's not ready either. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I look forward to when those guys come up, but I guess I guess it's just not their time yet. Yeah, and I think it's very interesting that they are taking their time, especially when a time when they're struggling as well. And then the other position problem I have, it's not third base like everybody thinks it is. I think it's the catching. You know, you're having guys like Kevin Smith, who honestly should be retired. And then you have Jonathan Lucroy, and who played – his best days a long time ago for the Phillies. And then you bring up William Contreras. He was great for a while and then fell off the face of the earth. And then Alex Jackson had one chance and then blew it. They sent him back down to triple A. So can you do me a favor and never mention Kevin Smith's name? again? (laughs) I mean, dude, I mean, it it might, might be time. Um, Shay Langoliers, I mean, I know he may yes. not be ready yet, but like, I mean, man, uh, I mean, what what else? Why not? Why not? Why not? I mean, yeah. I guess see what Luke Roy still has left in that tank. I mean, I I don't think it has much left in the tank, but yeah, I, 
Now, I'm just saying, Shea Langoliers, I believe he's in Double A Mississippi right now. Yeah, he is, and he's dominating Double A Mississippi. I mean, I mean, we could really use that right now. I mean, but hey, I guess they're not not even going to rush him. So, I mean, it, it, again, it's, he's a catcher, catcher. So the, you yeah. usually do rush those guys just because, as one that used to be one for a little while, our knees are only we only have so much gas in those things. Yeah, you know, but before those things start to go, yeah. So I mean, get them up. And I think one of the things was is they've been trying to figure that out since the beginning of the season. Tyler Flowers even signed a short-term deal with AAA for the Braves this year. And then he was like, you know what, I don't got anything left in the tank. They basically told me I'm not going back to the majors. I'm out seeing retirement. You know, so for them to still try to be figuring that out now mm-hmm. is still rough middle of the season when you can't, you know, truly have a solidified catcher because your main catcher is down for who knows how long we've gotten updates here and there but we really haven't heard much from him obviously he's been in the celebrations these past couple of days when they've hit a walk off or when they had a celebration you know he's down in the dugout or he's out on the field having fun but the problem is is now you're still so far back you got to start figuring stuff out now for this all-star break that way you can be like okay could i possibly make mm-hmm. a trade and who do i make the trade for so i think that's a big thing going forward is i think these next couple of days figure out okay do we need to trade for somebody and get this outfielder get this catcher get this whatever you fill in the blank to help benefit us here in the second half of the season absolutely i couldn't agree more yeah so if there's anybody that you would want to trade for that you think the Braves could possibly trade for, who would it be? Oh, dang it. I was about to say Kyle Schwarber, but then you said possibly trade for. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Mm, who would you a- trade him for, though? Who would you take out? Kevin Smith? <laughs> no. <laughs> they would not take Kevin Smith. I wish, but no. Oh, man. <laughs> who would possibly trade for? Definitely a pitcher or a bull, uh, yeah, starting pitcher or a bullpen piece. I, 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 feel, I feel like we could get by. I, I, then again, I, I don't really think you can, especially if, if somehow you're able to get to playoffs. But at this point, you know, in my, my voice, playoffs, you know, you're still a long way away from the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't know. This this team needs a whole lot of pitching and more pitching, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. And as strange as it is to say, they they, pro- they may need an outfield piece too. Yeah. I think it, they will need maybe a starting pitcher. Well, no, definitely a starting pitcher. That, that has to be definite. Mm-hmm. I think the bullpen could be fine, but if you added a piece, I wouldn't be upset at all. And then I think definitely an outfielder as well because you're not going to bring Pache back up. You're not. Obviously, he's not ready for the majors just yet. He only played in 25 games in A before they even called him up to bring, be in the majors. He didn't even play a single time last year down in A. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And so it was shocking when they brought him up from double A all the way up to the majors that quickly. And then Drew Waters, obviously, if they thought he was ready, they would have brought him up by now. Um, so that's – they're not going to bring him back up. So He'll probably be, be ready by, by, by next year. But I, you, I think the people that if you could trade anybody, I would say Andrew Enciarte, great defensively. And, you know, he still – Really good defensively, but that bat is just not doing anything in Atlanta. And then also, I would say Drew Smiley. 
I mean, he hasn't been horrible this year, but he's only had two good starts hmm. where he's been decent. So maybe if you could add those two pieces together, say, hey, look, these are, this guy's really good defensively. This guy's had a couple good games this year. And trade into a team where it's like, yeah, you know you're not making the playoffs. Right. Now, well, yeah, what do you think about potentially a trade for Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers? That I, I, I think I'd like that one. Nick or that or Nick uh, Cassianos from the Reds. Possibly. I would like that too. I think that one right there, I think at the beginning of the year, I said John Means at the beginning of the year for the Baltimore Orioles starting pitcher. But now that they're not trading him away. He's their best pitcher for the Orioles right now. So there's no way they're trading him. So now I think if you got either one of those guys, it'd be fantastic. I think you'd have to surrender a lot of young talent to do mm-hmm. trades like that. Obviously, from what I've heard, Gallo wants out of Texas. He does. He, I think he's said that a couple of times. But now he's like, okay, I'm focused on the season, da 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 But mm-hmm. I think he really wants out of Texas because, obviously, they're not a playoff contender at all. And mm-hmm. I think he wants to be on that winning team. So I think if he was brought to Atlanta, it would benefit Atlanta. But how long would it benefit Atlanta? That's the question. Right. Nick Cassione, uh, however you say his last name, from the Reds, I think if you brought him in, he could be beneficial for longer than Gallo. So I think that would be the win trade, but what would you have to sacrifice in order to do that? That would be the biggest question. I think a lot of young talent would have to be thrown in there to do something like that. Right, exactly how much of the farm you're willing to give up. Yeah, pretty much. Because I saw uh, the article, I don't know if you saw it the other day, but somebody made this mock trade of what if the Braves traded for Aaron Judge. And one of them was Kyle Wright was on there. I think Christian Pache was on there. And one more young, talented guy um, from Double A. It would depend on uh, how much we would have to give up. And honestly, everybody you just mentioned – Pache and right, and then how how much time's left on Aaron Judge's contract? That yeah. that that would be that that's mass right there. If it's just a one or two year deal, probably not ready to part with Pache, but maybe potentially. Yeah. Uh, but now it, remember, if, if it's three plus, then I'd absolutely be be willing to make that trade. Now remember, a long time ago, very very long time ago, if you do not remember this, the Braves actually, if I'm correct, drafted Aaron Judge in the draft and then New York wanted him and we traded to hit him for I think it was um a pitcher I think wouldn't surprise me from New wouldn't York surprise me wouldn't surprise I me I think just, yeah. just how many how many of legends we've actually traded away I mean we traded away Adam Adam Wainwright I believe it was we yeah, traded him away uh well, yeah, there's so many more that we've traded away that I just can't think off off yeah. the top of my head but I mean it's just classic Braves to do that yeah. uh, I remember we, we traded away Colby Allard, who's now pitching for the Texas Rangers, who's been doing pretty well. Yeah. Didn't do very well with, with the Braves. And he came out and said, he's like, yeah, the Braves don't really develop pitching very well. So, and, and it, that kind of surprised me because I'm like, the, the organization as the Braves, honestly, you think 90s, you think pitching. You know? Yeah. So, so that honestly surprises me. But yeah. yeah, that. And then also another pitcher in 2018, Kevin Gossman, who has been yeah. lights out for the Giants this year. And why they're so big over there. And we DFA'd him. Yeah. We DFA'd him. Yeah. Which is absolutely crazy because now he's 
one of the top best. He's an all-star this year. So oh, deservedly for, so. Yeah, deservedly so because he's one of the top pitchers in the whole entire MLB right now. So huge for him to get. And do you think that may be a problem where you look towards the offseason and go, you know what, I think we may need to look for a different pitching coach. That way they can develop pitching. Because obviously I think that's been a problem for the past couple of years that no one's really ever talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, the pitching has been lackluster, to say the least. And then you look at guys that maybe go somewhere else, and you're just like, wait a minute, why did they do that here? And, yeah. and, and Gosman did do that here for, for a while. He has honestly lights out for the first while you know, bit he was here, yeah. but then just kind of fell off bad and just was getting beat around the entire ballpark. But And now said, so we DFA him. He goes to New York, New York, San Francisco, and he's just lights out and he, he's an all-star. Yeah, and it's crazy because now I don't even think it affects Major League. I think it affects AAA too because you still have people like Kyle Wright, Tuki Toussaint, a bunch of other guys still down in AAA, and we bring them up every now and then and they're just still trying to figure it out. That's what I've heard is that they're still trying to figure it out. But you're like, this guy has like five starts already in the major league and still doesn't have it figured out. Why are you going to bring him up if he doesn't have it figured out? So maybe it trickles down all the way, maybe even a single way. Who even knows? But these guys got to get it going now. But the good news is, is one pitcher's making a name for himself down in single way. Uh, the guy from Clemson that got drafted by the Braves a couple years ago. I'm trying to remember his name. Do you remember? Because I, I know. Um, shoot, I, you know, as a Clemson and a Braves fan, I think I should know this, but I, I wait, 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 was it was it last year? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I can't remember his name. Yeah. Well, he's dominating down single S, so hopefully they'll bring him up and get him going soon enough. Well, Tim, that's episode number one. It's in the books, man. The uh, sideline we're back. Show. We're back. We're back. We're it's back. so good to be back. Tim, good to see you, man. Great to be back on podcast land, show land again. It's been fun as episode one. Episode two, next Thursday, same time, same place, from the Peach State Studios and Media in Georgia, and then Tim's house in Hartwell. My humble abode. I meant in Greenville, not Hartwell. He doesn't live in Hartwell. No, I do not live in Hartwell. Yeah, so in Greenville, South Carolina. So, Tim – Until next week, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on all platforms, Sideline Sports Show, on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. Tim, have a great week. We'll see you next week. See you, man.